Good to talk to you again, Spiro. Here we are in week 12 somehow. I know, God, it's, it's flown by. Uh, good to be with you, JP. Happy Thanksgiving to you and, uh, and to all your listeners as well. Same to you and appreciate your time. Uh, where have you been the last few weeks since we spoke? Oh, man. God, they, these weeks all blend together. <laughs> uh, we were Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago. We, God, we've had you guys a ton, um, which is always a pleasure to come to, uh, to Florida and especially as we get into the winter months. But, uh, you know, we've bounced around. We've done a ton of Cincinnati. Uh, we had the, uh, the unfortunate experience of, uh, of doing the Cincinnati game last week in which, well, of course, Joe Burrow went down with that just awful injury. And it was just a, such a tragic way for his season to end. And, uh, you know, tough to be a Bengals fan. You, you've been searching for a quarterback for years and years, and you finally have your stud. And it's all going good from that position standpoint. And then he goes down. So just a brutal sport, unforgiving sport, as you know. But um, – you know, it's just, it's just the NFL. You know, some weeks you get great games. Other weeks you, you have to see something like that. And uh, it's what, what makes this game so emotional and, and exciting at times and exasperating and all of the above. So it's been a great year. It's been a wild year. Uh, of course, unlike any other, unprecedented in so many ways. And uh, we're just happy to be here. And, man, you know, like you and like everyone around the league, we're just hoping that we can get through it and get, you know, get to the Super Bowl and everything kind of goes off. I was going to say without a hitch, but uh, just get to the finish line. Let's just get to the end of the season and then uh, figure out the playoffs from there. You mentioned the Cincinnati quarterback issue, of course, there, and, and, and horrible to see. Let's transition to the Jaguars quarterback situation now. Uh, well, Jake Luton threw four interceptions last week and just didn't seem to have it together. It's a tough defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, but head coach Doug Marone this week decided to make a change. And Mike Glennon will get his first start since 2017, week four, with the Bears against the Packers that year. Been a little while, but that's the state of affairs here in Jacksonville now with Gardner still trying to throw and figure out the thumb issue. They're trying to give Jake Luton a little time away. What can we expect from Mike Glennon, I think, is the big question and might be a reason why he hasn't started in a few years, it feels like. Yeah, you know, I think you're getting to the point now in a season when you're Doug Marone for a team, obviously, that is just kind of playing out the string where you have to start to make these tough decisions. And I guess part of me was surprised that he would make this change now. Um but, you know, look, this is, this is why being a head coach is so difficult. And, and Doug has had to deal with so many injuries, um, you know, obviously with the pandemic, like every other team, now he's got some assistant coaches he's going to be without. This is, it's a really tough spot for him. And, and Doug knows his team and he knows the pulse of his team better than anyone. And he feels like it's a good time to allow Jake Luton to maybe step back and evaluate uh, what he's seen, what he's experienced these last three weeks. Uh, and and go from there. And look, you know, Mike Lennon deserves this chance. He's done everything the coaching staff has asked him to do. I think there's a reason why he has been where he's been and he hasn't um, had a frontline job the last couple of years. And and this is his chance to maybe uh, you know, catch on, not just with this team, but but one of the other teams around the league. And, and he's got to perform now. Um, it's difficult to do that when you've got injuries in front of you and you're playing with a very young supporting cast, as we know is the case with this Jacksonville team. And, and we'll see what the future has in store for him and also for Jake Luton. You know, I, my partner and I, Adam Archuleta, were uh, in Jacksonville for the Houston game uh, for Jake's first game. And, you know, we watched him have that very early success, you know, the, the long touchdown pass, I think, on his second or third attempt. And we 
kind of looked at each other and said, man, you know, maybe there's something with this kid. And of course, lo and behold, it, it kind of went south on him there quickly. But, um, you know, I don't think this spells the end by any stretch for Jake. I think there's a lot of good there. You know, he's got the great frame and he looks like a, a legit quarterback prospect. And maybe this is a chance for him to catch his breath and, and to learn some things and to move that step forward. But, um, you know, that'll be That'll uh, remain to be seen here the next couple of weeks and the next couple of years. I think it's obvious, though, the big picture here is they're going quarterback early in the draft, no matter who's making the decision. Sure. I think that has been determined over the last few weeks around here that, you know, you just can't put a franchise on these guys' shoulders, at least right now. So that's for an off-season conversation. Spiro Ditas with us, CBS Sports. Now on offense, we stay uh, with a bright spot. We'll get to all the COVID issues coming up on defense. But James Robinson has been fantastic, obviously. Continues to build. He's over 1,000 scrimmage yards this year. You know, he has about 172 rush attempts this year. Only 11 of those are for negative yardage, Spiro. This guy always gets uh, forward. He always falls ahead. He's finding a crease. He's hard to hit. And for an undrafted guy to have that kind of skill set and, and vision, I don't think I've seen that in a long time. And it's really – if now, I know they're 1-9, but if they didn't have James Robinson, where would this offense be is my question. Yeah, such a great story. And, and I think when you really examine James Robinson and his entire football career – high school, uh, collegiately at Illinois State, he, he has had success and he's excelled really at every level. So, you know, I, I think the people that know James Robinson the best, his family certainly, his, his ex-teammates, his coaches at the high school level and, and Brock Spack and that entire staff at Illinois State, I, I don't think they're really surprised deep down. You know, we, we had a chance, we've had a couple of chances now to, to speak with him via Zoom and he's just a really diligent hardworking kid who I think has had to earn every opportunity he's gotten, you know, lightly recruited out of high school. I think Iowa was the only really major uh, collegiate program that took a look at him and it was very light interest before they kind of backed away for whatever reasons. And obviously undrafted into the NFL, he had to earn his way onto a roster spot. And sometimes those guys are the hungriest prospects that you find and you get, you know, sometimes the high picks who, who flame out quickly. Um, and, and I don't think there's anything about this kid that tells us that that's going to be the case. And then you start to break down his numbers, JP. It's just, it's, it's amazing what he's been able to do um, on really limited opportunities, you know, behind an offensive line that's had the issues up front. They don't have a ton around, um, around the running back position, just a lot of youth on this team. So, so defense is now knowing the success that he's had, they're able to, to key on him a little bit more. But as you said, he's just able to churn out that yardage, even on plays that are breaking down. He always seems to fall forward, like you said. And there's just very little about this kid not to like. And, and I think he's going to be around for a long time. I think he's, he's a building block for this franchise that's really searching right now for who they're going to try to build this offense around over the next couple of years. Spiro Ditas with a CBS Sports has a call of the Browns-Jaguars game today. Let's flip it to the defense. There were issues anyway, of course, because they haven't been playing well a lot of the year. There have been a couple bright spots. Miles Jack has some moments this year. But now there are injury issues. Josh Allen's done for uh, an extended period, it feels like. No ligament damage in the knee. That's the good news. A uh, bunch of the secondary guys are down. Sidney Jones, uh, C.J. Henderson is on IR. You're digging deep down the well to get some cornerbacks on the field this week. And then throw on top of all that, Spiro, 
that the coaching staff all of a sudden has COVID-19 issues. Three defensive coaches earlier in the week were not allowed to go to the practice field, and they won't be allowed at the game today. That's a lot of change for a defense that was struggling already, and they've got the monumental task of trying to slow down this Browns running game today, and that's a lot to ask with everything that's happened. It's unreal. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big Doug Marone fan. I know he's, he's taken his lumps from the media and, you know, some of it rightfully so when you don't win in this league, you're going to, you're going to, uh, you know, be the butt of, of a lot of criticism, but we've, we've had a chance to meet with him a ton. We, we've done so many Jaguars games over the years. So, you know, we've, we've become big fans of his and you know, if you're Doug Marone, you just have to throw your hands up at this point and say, you know, what else could go wrong, right? I mean, obviously it's a pandemic and, and every team's having to deal with, with COVID cases and, and losing coaches. Uh, just last week we had the Bengals and, and their defensive coordinator, uh, Lou Anarumo, was down two or three assistants. So he's having to coach the DBs on the sideline in between defensive series. Everyone's having to adjust, but it just seems like Jacksonville and this defense has – you know, has just been behind the eight ball right from the snap. And, and I think, you know, every team has been able to deal with the challenges and logistical issues with the pandemic differently based on how their teams are built. And I think we all knew because of this Jacksonville team being so young and inexperienced, they were going to struggle without having the traditional offseason. You know, no OTAs, no rookie camps, uh, no preseason games, really the time where young rookie first, second, and even third-year players really get acclimated. And it, it's affected them maybe more than some of the other more veteran teams around the league. And, and now I think they're really going to struggle here down the stretch. Um, you know, you're having to play guys that have gotten very little reps, uh, very little snaps in games, and, and now suddenly you're without your defensive coordinator and some of your leading defensive assistants it's going to be a very, very challenging day and, and next couple of weeks as they try to close the season and, and desperately try to build on something positively. Be careful when you ask what else could go wrong, Spiro. <laughs> you just might find out. And I mm. think the Jaguars have done that this year. Appreciate your time. Uh, have a great call today. And we'll talk to you again down the line here soon. Thanks, JP. I appreciate it.